It is Wednesday, July 13th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schauf. With me, as always, is Jared Smola, and we've got a special guest with us today to help kick off a new pod series. We're trying to talk to an insider for every team in the league ahead of and heading into training camp, and we're kicking that off today with Ramswire Managing Editor Cameron De Silva. Cam, thanks very much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. How's it going? It's going great because we're about to learn some more stuff about the Rams who we're all very interested in for fantasy drafting purposes. And I mean, I'm sure you're aware of it. The top question for basically anybody drafting fantasy football teams right now is the backfield. How do you see this backfield playing out this season? Does Cam Akers dominate the work barring some setback with his Achilles? Is it more of a split with Daryl Henderson? And really, do we even know yet whether Kyron Williams has a chance to factor in at all, given his foot injury in the spring? Yeah. So with Akers and Henderson, I think it's a little bit of a, a mix of both in between kind of him dominating the, the work share and then uh, them splitting touches. I don't think it's going to be an even split by any means, but I also don't think that McVeigh is going to give him 25 carries a game. Uh, McVeigh, as, as we all know, he, he gets kind of pass happy with the offense and can steer away from the running game pretty quickly sometimes, but, um, I think Akers is going to be the starter and he'll probably get the most of the touches uh, from week to week. But when he returned last season, it's not as if he was the most efficient runner. Uh, he showed some good things and, and showed that he still has that explosiveness, but he only averaged about two something yards per carry in the postseason. So he wasn't necessarily picking up these good chunks of yardage that we saw at the end of his rookie year. Um, I, I don't think the Achilles is going to be any concern now that he's almost a full year removed from that injury. Um, Henderson often kind of has these soft tissues, soft tissue injuries. He already had one this off season. He missed a little bit of time in minicamp, um, but it's going to come down to those two. And then Kyron Williams, he's an interesting player. He's, he's a good uh, pass protection, third down back. So I think you'll see him in that role. I don't expect too much from a fantasy production perspective with him. Um, and they also have Xavier Jones, Jake Funk. So it's a, it's a little bit of a crowded backfield after Akers and Henderson. So Matthew Stafford got an injection in his throwing elbow shortly after the Super Bowl. I actually feel like it's gone a bit underreported, surprisingly, for like, you know, big-name quarterback from the Super Bowl champions. Um, he, Stafford did not throw it all during the offseason program. It sounds like the Rams expect him to be ready to go for training camp. Can you tell, tell us anything about that procedure, about his recovery? And then just overall, you know, what's your level of concern in 22 in 2022 about Stafford's uh, throwing elbow? Yeah. He didn't make it seem like it was a big deal at all. He said it was something that's going to help him long-term and really just make his elbow feel better down the road. Um, and re probably relieve some discomfort that he had a little bit last season. Um, I don't expect it to be a big concern, but the fact that he didn't throw it all during minicamp and OTAs, isn't ideal, I would say. Um, with Allen Robinson coming in and being a new receiver, you want to get as many reps as you can. And that was such an important part of Stafford and Cooper Cup developing their chemistry last season. Um, so the fact that he didn't throw it all was, was a little bit disappointing. Uh, Rams are obviously going to play it safe. You're not going to risk your star quarterback in, in April and May and June um, where, when you're going to need him in August and September and October and down the stretch. So um, I think just a matter of playing it safe. He's, he's doing mental reps. He's on the field. It's not as if he wasn't on the field at all. He's still going through 
the reps just not throwing the ball. So um, Allen Robinson talked about how he was picking his brain when they were just standing on the sideline uh, talking about what Stafford sees on a given play or, or where he would go with the ball and uh, getting some tips about like route running depth and, and things like that. So um, they're still getting those mental reps in, but once training camp picks up, it'll be good to see them connecting on the field. You mentioned Allen Robinson. He is, of course, the big addition here. How do you see him fitting into this offense? And, you know, maybe even beyond that, what do you already know about the coaching plans for fitting in Robinson and, and you know, what type of role we can expect for him, but especially in terms of like target share? Mm-hmm. I really like the signing for the Rams and it's not one I expected at all. When it came across Twitter and it, it said the Rams signed Allen Robinson, obviously with the Rams, they make so many big moves. You, you expect the unexpected, but that was just a real surprise for me, especially because they hadn't yet traded Robert Woods. So you're thinking, uh, how is this all going to work? You have Odell Beckham, who they want to bring back, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Van Jefferson, and then Allen Robinson. So um, now that Woods is gone, I, I love the fit of Allen Robinson as the number two receiver opposite Cup. He's a He's kind of a different – type of receiver than the Rams have had over the years. He's he's more like Sammy Watkins that they had in 2017, bigger physical receiver, can stretch the field a little bit. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Van Jefferson are all kind of similar players, all based on really route running and getting open and creating separation. Whereas Robinson is is a guy who can make those contested catches, go downfield, elevate over a defender and, and make a tough grab. Uh, not that Cooper Cup and Robert Woods don't do that, but they don't obviously do it as often as Rob, as Allen Robinson does. So uh, really like the fit there. McVeigh and Cooper Cup and Robinson and, and Stafford, they're all talking about how he can do pretty much everything in the offense. He's not going to be strictly an X receiver or, or someone who stretches the field. He can run the routes that Cooper Cup can run. He's going to run probably screen routes too and, and these little hitches and plays that move the chains and pick up first down. So um, I, I really like his fit there and such a disappointing season last year for him in Chicago. I think he's going to have probably one of his best seasons in the NFL this year with Matthew Stafford. And we've seen what Stafford can do with bigger receivers, Kenny Galladay, uh, Calvin Johnson. Not that Allen Robinson is going to get confused with Calvin Johnson, but he likes those bigger physical receivers that can stretch the field. So I think it's a good fit. Yeah, and the contract certainly says that the Rams believe he's going to bounce back and it'll be easily the best quarterback he will have played with in the NFL to this point. So I think we're all excited to see, even those of us who might think that Allen Robinson's going too early, I think we're all excited to actually see what happens with him this season. You mentioned a bunch of receivers, including Odell Beckham, who, you know, we'll all have to wait and see what actually happens with him because it's not that far beyond his ACL tear. But you did not yet mention Tutu Atwell. I think all of us were probably surprised at how early the Rams took Tutu Atwell. There's been a little bit of talk. I think it was from Sean McVay talking about how Tutu Atwell might be in for more this year. Do you think that there's really a chance that he carves out a significant role in the offense or is it really locked into cup Allen Robinson, Van Jefferson, and then it's just, you know, leftovers for anybody else? Yeah, it's hard to say. I, I mean, I didn't like the pick when they took him last year. It, it felt early and it felt like a luxury pick really for them. And there's nothing more that it, it, nothing says luxury pick more than taking a guy 57th overall and then going on to win the Super Bowl with him playing zero, <laughs> touching the ball zero times on offense. So they absolutely did not need him last year. And really looking at the roster this year, they don't necessarily need him this year either. Um, I, I think they're going to try to manufacture touches a little bit more for him this season whether it's on jet sweeps or just screen passes, giving him handoffs out of the backfield and tossing it to him, just try to utilize his speed. 
as kind of a change of pace guy who can uh, put some some fear in the defense a little bit, maybe stretching the field with his speed because he is he is a fast receiver. He's just so small. So winning downfield is going to be tough if the ball's not perfectly placed. He's not going to be a guy who wins 50-50 balls over another defender. Um, I really think Cup, Allen Robinson, and Jefferson are locked in as the top four. Um, you got Ben Skoranek, who is probably – or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, those are the top three. Ben Skoranek probably is the fourth guy. Even Jacob Harris, who they took last year as well, he's kind of transitioning from tight end to wide receiver. So you could see him getting some reps too. He missed he missed a good portion of last season, and really he was just a raw prospect who needed time to develop. So he's a bigger receiver, got really good speed. So he's an intriguing prospect too. Um, I I almost think that he could have a bigger role than Tutu Atwell this season. I just I don't know where Tutu fits uh, within this offense. He's kind of a specialized player who doesn't exactly have a role at a deep position. So. It doesn't exactly bode well for him heading into the season. At least he's small enough that it's easier for him to fit into tight spaces. <laughs> I, I still can't believe they made that pick. Sean McVay is such a smart guy, and the front office is so smart. That was that was a crazy pick. Interesting on Harris, though. I had not heard that he was transitioning to wide receiver. Probably doesn't help his fantasy value at all. Might actually hurt it. Probably rather have him at tight end. But interesting to hear that. Last question for you, Cam. That Rams O line was a strength last year for sure, but they lost. Andrew Whitworth to retirement and Austin Corbett in free agency. Um, do you think, are, are you concerned about the O-line this year? Do you think it's going to you know, take a step back and you know, maybe hinder this offense's production in 2022? I, I don't think it's going to be a drop-off like we saw from 2018 to 2019. Um, obviously losing Whitworth, maybe a future Hall of Famer, uh, an all-pro and, and pro bowler with the Rams, that, that's a big blow. It's such an important position. Um, within the offense, but they re-signed Joe Noteboom, who very quietly played well when Whitworth missed time, either due to COVID or or injuries. Noteboom really stepped up and played well at left tackle. They tried him at guard a couple of years ago. Didn't really work out. He just didn't have the strength and, and the physicality to play inside. Now that he's at left tackle, I, I think he's going to be a really good player. It's not going to be a, probably a pro bowler this season, but I could see him developing into that type of player, especially in pass protection. He's, he's very clean and and technically sound in, in that regard. Um, I think right guard might be a little bit more of a concern. Uh, Logan Bruss was their top pick, the third rounder this year. It sounds like he's probably going to get the first crack at that spot to replace Corbett. Um, they worked him at right guard with the starters a little bit in minicamp and OTAs. McVay said take that with a grain of salt because they were kind of missing a few players and, and really just going through the reps. So Nothing to buy into right now, but McVay said he's a guy who could compete immediately for the right guard spot. I think you could see a little bit of a drop-off from Corbett to Bruss at that position, uh, but the offensive line as a whole, you still have Brian Allen, still have Dave Edwards and Rob Havenstein, so it's a good core of players that they still do have, and I think Noteboom and, and Bruss hopefully will, will step up and at least make it not too big of a drop-off from, from the starters that they did lose. Good stuff there because it's easy to overlook O-line stuff, but it obviously could either help or hinder Cam Akers and the rest of the run game specifically. I know that Jared said that was the last question, but I'm going to sneak in one defensive question while we got you here. Obviously, Bobby Wagner is the key guy at inside linebacker, but how much do the coaches like Ernest Jones and should we expect any – is there a long-term upside to him and or a chance that he gets more playing time this year than like the second inside linebacker has tended to get in recent years for the Rams. Yeah. So the Rams really, it was funny to see them sign Bobby Wagner because they've been such a, 
such a single linebacker defense since McVay took over, really only had one inside linebacker on the field at a time. And now you have Bobby Wagner, who they signed and really invested a good amount of money in. And last year, Ernest Jones, they took in the third round. So putting some assets into that position that they've really kind of not ignored, but not put much value into over the last couple of years. Um, I'm really fascinated to see how they use Wagner and Jones collectively together uh, because Raheem Morris and Sean McVay have both talked about how they can do pretty much anything at linebacker. They can both blitz. They can both cover both good run defenders. So I think you'll see Jones and Wagner each rushing off the edge a little bit, maybe to help make up for the loss of Von Miller uh, blitzing up the middle, just any way to get more pressure on the quarterback after losing Von Miller. I know obviously they don't play the same position, not the same types of players, but um, when you can influence a quarterback with pressure you can do it in multiple ways. I think Jones and Wagner both kind of factor into that. And Jones is still a big part of that defense moving forward in the future. And uh, I think, honestly, learning from Bobby Wagner the next couple of years will will really benefit him. Um, he's a smart player, not the most athletically gifted and, and fast. He's not going to be confused for Deion Jones or anything. But um, he's a smart player who, who knows how to take proper angles and, and wraps up ball carriers. Nice. I appreciate you swinging at that slider and knocking it out of the park. He is at Cam DeSilva on Twitter. You can find his work on the Rams Wire as well as Sportsbook Wire, both part of the USA Today Network. Cam, what should people be looking for from you? It could be Rams stuff, could be anything else you're working on. Yeah, so I'm going to be previewing training camp, going position by position, talking about who the roster locks are at each spot, who's on the bubble a little bit, and what the depth chart's going to look at. So got that coming in the next couple of weeks before training camp kicks off. Awesome. We'll be looking forward to that, getting more insight on who exactly is going to be, you know, on the final roster as well as in these starting spots and on the field the most. Great value for us as fantasy players to get that inside look. Cam, thanks again for joining us today and providing some insight. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. You bet. If you like this show and want more, follow the Draft Sharks podcast on Spotify, subscribe on Apple, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. If this is your first time, check out the first three shows in our divisional preview series. We'll continue that with the AFC South tomorrow morning. Our Beat Rider series will continue Friday with Mike Kliss talking Broncos. For our guest today, Cameron DeSilva and the entire Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Shaw saying thanks so much for swimming with us.